Welcome to Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted. Thank you for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted, where biblical truths are shared. My goal is to uplift and challenge you today to find a place for dyslexia in your life and let Christ take center stage of your life. Oh, one more thing. I want you to know you are the most courageous person I know, even though we have never met. Our journey informs me that you are indeed courageous. You're gifted, you're smart, funny, and kind. So please pause for a moment, take a deep breath, and be blessed. Today we're going to be talking about the principle found in Kings 1 and 2 of the Bible. It took me a minute to figure out what was the over arching principle found in this book, or rather these two books. And it took me a few days, and after just really praying and thinking about it, and I just went to God and I said, Lord, I'm having a hard time here finding out what the principle is. And he reminded me of the fact that in this text, the scripture is actually found in Exodus, where it says that he is long-suffering, that he is merciful, that he is gracious, I said, yes, that totally sums up these two books. So the principle we're going to be looking at today is that God is merciful, he is long-suffering, and that he abounds in truth. Now, when you survey the kings, what you notice is that it picks up where Samuel left off. What we are looking at is a transfer of power from king to king. It starts out with David, and he transfers his power to Solomon, and it continues on from there. These two books also talk about how it was important for these kings that took the throne of Israel, how God always admonished them to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, to walk in the truth. What happens when we don't follow God, and what happens when we do? I want to spend a few minutes on Solomon, who was actually the third king to rule over Israel. What everyone finds very fascinating about Solomon is that when he came to the throne, he had a conversation with the Lord. And basically he said, I don't know how to govern this people. And the Lord's response to him was that he would give him wisdom and also give him a large heart. And that's exactly what he did. But I think people get the impression that this was one time asking. I firmly believe that Solomon had to go to the Lord every day for wisdom. And the reason I believe this is because every day we must show our dependency upon God, even when he gives us gifts. Because you will notice later on in Second Kings, even really starting in First Kings, you see Solomon starting to lean to his own understanding and he begins to stop relying on God as he did in his early years. Well, what I find fascinating about King Solomon is that God did give him wisdom, but why is what I want to focus on today. Really, there's only one reason he gave him the type of wisdom that he received. Remember, Solomon said the following, I am but a child. I do not know how to go out or come in. 
So Solomon asked for wisdom to rule and he asked for discernment. And this is what he wanted more than anything. And the Lord's response to Solomon was, because Solomon did not ask for wealth or the life of his enemies, the Lord granted his petition on a condition. Now, if Solomon walked in the way of God, meaning his word and the commandments, God would grant him wisdom and lengthen his days. God would also give Solomon what he did not ask for, and that was wealth and honor. And you can find that in 1 Kings 4.29. It would be really easy to conclude that God zapped Solomon with wisdom. Not so. What he gave Solomon was the capacity to gain knowledge and wisdom. You know, Solomon loved nature and he studied it, gaining a greater understanding of the creator in his works. And the key thing is he studied nature and because he studied nature for the purpose of knowing God, God blessed him with tremendous wisdom. So back to the question. Why was it necessary for Solomon to hold such wisdom? Because God had a plan. And that was that the world would come to Solomon, and not just Solomon, but the children of Israel for an understanding of the true God. Now you find this in Deuteronomy 4, and starting with verse 6. And it says, Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statues and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Let's continue reading in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's pick up with verse 7. It says, For what nation is there so great? Who has God so nigh unto them? as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law, which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest you forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. I'm very fascinated by the fact that God gave us ten rules, ten principles to live by. And here is something that the Lord is making very clear to us. He says, Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of all nations. If he has decided that these ten principles will make us wise and understanding above all nations, then who are we to decide differently? Who are we? And Moses makes this clear. He says, surely this nation is wise and understanding. You know, I I love this text of scripture because it says, for what nation is there so great? Who has God so nigh unto them? When you go to each chapter that introduces a king, whether he was in the north, whether he was in the south, especially when the the nation divided, you will always find a reference to why they were a good king and why they were not. And I think when we decide 
that God has a right to rule, to right to be sovereign. And as a sovereign king, he has a right to tell us how we are to walk before him and not ourselves telling him how we're going to walk before him. It is then we will understand what Solomon understood and what Moses understood, that we serve a great God who is nigh unto us. One of the things I like about Kings and also Chronicles is that the Lord never gave up on Israel, even after they asked for a king. He made it quite clear what was going to happen when they did. Remember the principle that God is merciful, he's long-suffering, and he abounds in goodness and truth. And this is what he showed Israel before, during, and after them asking for a king. I think it hurt the heart of God when they asked. Because he was already their king, why would they need another one? I mean, you really if you really think about it, you are serving someone who parts the Red Sea. You're serving someone who spoke and is stood fast. You're serving someone who is almighty, all-knowing, who is all-powerful. And you are demanding to serve someone less than that. It makes no sense. But we all do it. We're all guilty of the same thing when we decide to serve something or someone other than God. When we decide to put someone or something before God, we're doing the same thing that Israel did. We're deciding that I don't want to serve this almighty, powerful God. I want to serve something lesser than that. And that's exactly what we do. It makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. But we do it. Why would we want to serve someone else? I mean, it's going to be as simple as we serve our anger, we serve our frustration, we serve our past, we serve anything other than God. We put other things before him. We make him lesser and make other things bigger than him. And I'm thinking in terms of even those of us who have dyslexia and we we make our past and our anger bigger than God. He can't do anything about where we are. What I believe that the Lord is teaching us is his character. But most of all, what he wants us to know and walk away with is that he has not forgotten us. Just like he did not forget Israel when they turned against him and asked for a king. He has not forgotten us. He allowed us to have dyslexia. True enough. But he allowed it for a purpose. And that is what we need to focus on. How will dyslexia serve him the best? How can he use it for his glory? Just like these kings that came to the throne, governing his people, those who wanted to know, how can I rule, how can I be a servant ruler on behalf of God? Those are the kings that he elevated, that he worked through, that he blessed, that prospered because they chose to put him first. And you also have the history of those who did the complete opposite, and you have the history of what happened to them. It always, always pays to put God first. It always pays to serve him best. It always pays to focus on him and not on what he has allowed 
And when we bring to him what he has allowed, bring to him more than anything. Now, I'm not saying you can't talk to him about your thoughts and feelings because he wants you to. We all have bad days. We all are struggling with something. And he wants us to bring that to him. But he wants us to come to him, not just why, but most of all, asking him, how will you use this for your glory? And how will you help me to cooperate with you so that you are glorified through this? God is a merciful God. And he loves us so much. Even when we turn away from him, he does not stop loving us. Because we've all had those moments. We've all decided that he wasn't enough. On some level, we have all gone there. But the Holy Spirit doesn't give up on us. And he keeps warning us with his loving kindness until we come back. And my, and my encouragement to you who's listening, on any level that you have turned away from God, respond to the Holy Spirit and come back. He will no wise, he will never turn a person that comes back to him away. He has promised that. You have not gone too far. If you're still breathing, you have not gone too far. He will turn your life around. He will use dyslexia for his glory. He will use it to honor his name, and you will be blessed. So take this principle to heart. He is long-suffering. He is merciful. He abounds in goodness and truth, and he does that for us. Thank you for listening to another episode from Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted. If you know an adult with dyslexia, please share these short devotionals with them. For more devotionals, please visit my website at www.wrpublication.com where you can read or listen to archive shows. Thank you again for joining Dyslexia Uniquely Gifted and be blessed.